Because to get to where you go, you got to be where you've been. And so, um, so, the, so the first thing, our first value here at Emerge, our first thing that we say that we value is that we are a what? We're a family made of friends. The second thing that we're all about here is that found people. Find people. The third thing that we're all about. Oh, hey, saves people. Serve people. That was number three. Just so you guys know. Number three. The fourth thing that we say that we are about. It's what we talked about last week. Is that growing people what? Change. And so tonight, thinking about Jesus, listen, thinking about Jesus, thinking about who he is in our lives, how he sets the example for us, listen up, how good he is, how loving and how generous that he is, our fifth value, if we want to be more like Jesus, that generosity is our heart, that generosity is our heart. If we want to be more like Jesus, and I know this may be like may not be like one of the more popular of our values, but it's important. It's really important. If we say we're a follower of Jesus, we've got to be gener- generous. And and this this thought though of generosity, it goes a lot further than just money. It's more than it's not just about money. And and it's we we find this value and and what we talk about the things that we value. We say that what you value will dictate what you do. So the things that you value in your life will dictate how you live your life, how you lead your life. The things that you, you value, maybe the things that you have or the things that you see or, or the, some values that you have in your life, that will dictate how you lead your life. And we want to be generous people. So tonight, if you brought your notebook, I want to challenge you to take notes because note takers are history makers. And, uh, and they make you smart and they help you go to heaven too. So, but tonight, if you got your Bible as well, um, we are in the book of John, book of John 13. We're going to start, uh, in, in verse one and, uh, and, and we're going to read a few, a a little bit of portion of scripture here. So I'm going to ask you to just hang with me for a moment and, and listen up and, and please pay attention. It says this. It says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that God the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God, who was going back to God, rose from supper, He laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, he said, what I'm I'm doing, you don't understand now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And so Jesus answered back, he said, if I, don't, if I don't wash you, then you have no share with me. Verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. He's saying, Lord, hey, if you're going to wash any of me, wash all of me. And, and um, 
And Jesus, so Jesus said to him, um, the one who has, has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. Verse 11, for he knew who was to betray him. That's why he said, not all of you are clean. Then verse 12, <clears throat> when he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garments and resumed his place. He said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. The story is awesome, and, and I love this, this story, and, and it's, um, it's about the life, and it's about the leadership of Jesus, and it's about who he was, and about what he was all about, all about serving, and all about helping, and all about being generous. And Jesus, so right before he goes to die for the sins of the world, his last meal, meal is spent with his guys, with his, his apostles, with his followers, and right before he's ready, getting ready to go die for the, the sins of the world. And then what's he doing? What does he do? He, he actually washes the feet of his disciples, of his followers. And tonight's message, and we're talking about um, our fifth value tonight, and that generosity is our heart. Because we want to people, be a people who are so generous, who are so giving, who are so blessing. And we take Jesus' example in our life. And we want to be the kind of people who follow Jesus, who act like Jesus, who be like Jesus. So if you're in this room tonight and, and you consider yourself to be an over-the-top extrovert, let me see your hand. If you are over-the-top extrovert, any, really? We got no, oh yeah, yeah. over-the-top extrovert, like, like, no, you're not in this, you're not just plain Jane in this room. You're not plain Jane in this room. Everyone else is. Um, and you're not, anybody, we got to have more extroverts in here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. In, in the right settings, right? Like, I'll be totally extrovert. Like, here's the deal about extro, extroverts, real extroverts. They, they don't do things quiet, right? They don't do things simple, right? And, and like, maybe you've noticed these kinds of people, and they can't wait for an opportunity to get loud. Kind of like Jace just went, wow! Like, yeah. Like, you were born loud. Like, it's your personality. It's who you are. And like, a lot of times, a person that's, that's over the top and a person that's loud, they're, they're loud in everything that they do. Like, these people are generally eccentric, and, and maybe sometimes the clothes you wear are loud and they're extravagant. I have a friend who wore these loud shirts all the time. And he'd try to talk to me and be like, could you repeat that? Your shirt's too loud. And like, it's like, come on. And, and so, and people like that wear things like statement pieces. You know people who wear a statement piece? Maybe a gold chain. Maybe, uh, maybe some shoes or maybe something that just really stands out. Like a statement piece. And... You are over-the-top extravagant, over-the-top supreme. And, and uh, um, a lot of times, a lot of times these people, when they give gifts, if they give gifts, they want to wow people with their gifts, right? They're like, 
here's my gift. And then they stare you deep into the eyes, into your eyes as you open the gift. Because they want to see like every emotion that goes through your, your, your whole body while you're opening the gift. Like they're, they're not the kind of people who are going to look away like as you open your gift. They're going to stare into your soul. And they're, they're looking for any hint of displeasure. And if you don't like the gift they got for you, it will totally crush them. It's the greatest gift ever. You're going to love it. I know it. And they're just like staring at you. Tonight, tonight, listen, listen. One of the number one words that you could use to describe Jesus is extravagant. Is extravagant. Jesus is extravagant. Nothing about Jesus' life is mediocre. He's over the top. He gives over the top. He forgives over the top. He's extravagant in, in, his, in his, the way he is towards humanity. He, is anyone thankful for that? Okay, just checking, check, checking. I love this story in John 13. And Jesus, he was washing the disciples' feet. And, and like, like, what a picture. Like, and I don't know about you guys. I don't know if any of you guys are like me, but I hate feet. Feet are disgusting. Oh, I will throw up on your feet if you put your feet near me. It's so gross. Um, and so here, here's, here's what's going on. Listen, listen. Back in this day, these guys would walk everywhere and they'd travel and they wear these sandals and they'd walk down the streets. And, and back in this day, what was the main form of transportation? Donkeys. So they're walking down streets where donkeys are pooping and things are going on. And shh, listen. And so what Jesus does is he takes his followers, he takes his group of people, and he washes the junk off of their feet. Watches the, the dirt, the mud, the, the poo, the poo. That's a funny word. Um, he, he washes the everything off. And what a picture. And so Jesus, here, here's though what is about to happen. And Jesus knows what's about to happen. And he's about to go and the, he's about to be beaten and flogged and betrayed and hung on a cross. This whole thing's about to happen. It's about to go down. And right before it goes down, we find Jesus and his guys. And he's literally taking care of them. He's literally washing their feet. I want to look back at our verse, the very first verse, verse 1. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, it says, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Here's the first thing I want you to know and want you to write down tonight is that he takes care of his own. He takes care of his own. He is so generous. God is, Jesus is so generous. But his, his generosity doesn't just like go out there. His generosity is in here too. It goes in here. Like it's terrible when people are, are generous just out there. And they're generous to giving to things out there. Giving their time or their efforts to things out there. But there, there's, no, there's no graciousness in their lives in here. Or around people here. I, I know pastors who are kind and loving. And if you meet them, they're the, the most kind and nicest people you'll ever meet. And loving at church. And they have to be all pastoral and all nice. 
But when they get home, there's, there's no engagement. There's no kindness. There's no love. They took care, care of everyone else, but they neglect their families. Jesus takes care of his own. You may be saying, well, I've got struggles and I've got sin and I've messed up and I'm, I'm a mess. And you, you need to know this, if that's you in this room tonight, long before you even believed in God, you were blessed by God. Long before you were even believed, you've been blessed by God. He doesn't just wait until you get into a church to bless you. Even when you're, you're full of sin and you're broken and God will still take care of you. All the days of your life, he's been looking after you. Some of you in this room, you need to realize that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. As a father, it's, it's, it's important that, that my own kids are taken care of, that my family is taken care of, that, that my wife and my kids are taken care of, my own are taken care of. But what did it say about Jesus? It said, Jesus having loved his very own. His very own. Do you guys realize in this room tonight how precious you are to God? How important you are to God? How valuable you are to God? You're, on the, you're, like, you're on the inside, like you're a part of his family. And, and like, kind of like the way we say here, our first value is that you're, we're a family made of friends. You are his own. He values you. Jesus loves you all the way through your life. From the very beginning, from a baby, to a kid, to a teenager, to a young adult, to an adult, to a middle-aged adult, to the elderly. God loves you all the way through. And nothing you could ever do could make him stop loving you. The Bible says that he who has done a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. God's done a good work in every single one of us. He's began a good work in every single one of us. And the Bible says that he is faithful to complete that work. He will love you to the very end. It's who he is. Watch what he does. He finishes his meal. Then he begins to pour water into a basin and he takes a towel and begins to wash their feet. Why does Jesus do things like this? Second thing I want you to know. He lives to forgive. Jesus, I'm sorry, not forgive. He lives to give. He lives to forgive too, but he lives to give. Generosity is his heart. So generosity should be our hearts. Giving should be our hearts. That's what fuels him. That's, that's what excites him. He, he lives to give. And, and I'll just encourage you, let me say it like this. Uh, I grew up in Oklahoma and we say it kind of like this. You ain't living until you start giving. From the south. Put a little draw on it. Y'all ain't living till y'all start giving. Right? When you start, you, when you start giving, let me tell you this. When you start to be a generous person... When you start to be a giver, when you start giving, you find satisfaction. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that, but when you give a, a gift or you give something away or maybe you give money or your time or effort or whatever to help someone, you'll, you'll find fulfillment in that. It fills your heart when you give. And I don't believe that Jesus lived 33 years in, in, in giving and loving and serving. I don't, I don't think Jesus 
went back to heaven after 33 years here and went back and he looked back and he's like, ah, I could have been living in a mansion. Oh, oh, the donkey that I rode could have had some sweet rims on it. Matt Black. I could have been wearing my supreme headscarf. There's no regret. There's no remorse. Listen, there's no remorse Jesus had about what he didn't acquire. He didn't have any remorse about what he didn't acquire. Why? Because he spent his whole life giving and loving and being generous to people. He lives to give as who he is. He literally gets on his hands and knees and begins to wash the disciples' feet. He's doing this out of passion. No one told him he had to do this. No one said, oh, Jesus, it's your turn. No one told him. This, this, no one was like, hey, Jesus, before you go to the cross and before you die for all of our sins, if you wash everyone's feet, this is going to look really good on your resume. No, it, it's, it's just how he thinks, how he operates. Jesus didn't come to, to be served. He came to serve. Matthew 28, 28, I want you to watch of what Jesus declares about his own life. It says this, even as the Son of Man came not to, to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for, for many. I love this next verse, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. It says this, it says, think of yourselves the way Jesus Christ thought of himself. He had equal status with God but didn't think so much of himself that he had to go that he had to cling to the advantage advantages of that status no matter what not at all when the time came he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave became human having become human he stayed human it was an incredibly humbling process he didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life. And then he died a selfless, obedient death. The worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. See, this is the type of, of God that says, I, I live to give. And it's, it's what I do. It's what I'm all about. See, that generosity is our heart. We live to give. You, you, any of you guys have a friend who, who li- loves to work out? Uh, or, or maybe you know people who love to shop, right? Ladies or dudes. Um, or, or maybe you have those people who love to make money, right? Or those people who, who live for fame. They're all about it. There's different kinds of people who live for all different kinds of things. But Jesus, listen... Jesus lived to serve. He begins to wash the feet of the disciples and Peter, Peter speaks up. He's like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, wait, 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 wait a second, Jesus. Are you trying to, you're, you're, you're going to wash my feet? No, no, Jesus, th- there's no way. There's no way this is going to happen. You're not going to do this. There's no way I'm letting you touch this toe fungus. And Jesus says to Peter, unless you let me do this, you have no part in me. Unless you allow me to serve you and love you and give to you, you don't have a part in this kingdom. The third and final thing tonight, actually not the final thing, but the third thing. If you can't receive it, 
you can't be a part of it. If you can't receive it, you can't be a part of it. You have to receive the gift of God to be part of his kingdom. The whole kingdom is not about what you can do for God. It's about what he's done for you. Even when you feel like you're so ashamed, when you've got sin, when you've got issues, when you've got anger, you've got addictions, you, you look at things and, and say, say things, and Jesus says, you know what? Just step up here. Put your feet right here. I want the worst part of you. The ugliest, worst part. And Jesus says, you know what? Bring it to me. Bring that worst thing to me, and I'll wash it clean. I'll wash it out of your life. I'll wash it white as snow. Jesus doesn't shy away from the worst parts of us. He doesn't shy away from the bad things in our lives. He's so loving, so gracious. He's so extravagant, over the top. He's so generous. You know, I, I think the most difficult part sometimes of being a Christian, of being a follower of Jesus, is, is simply receiving being loved when we don't feel uh, when we don't feel lovable receiving grace when you don't deserve god's grace receiving his forgiveness when you don't feel like you should be forgiven it's hard to receive that when you just feel like trash you may feel so dirty and worthless right now but jesus He's here tonight and he says, sit sit down. I want to wash your feet. I want to wash your heart. I want to wash your soul. I'll cleanse your heart. I'll renew your mind. I'm so thankful we serve a generous God and he loves us extravagantly. The Bible doesn't talk about Peter's response after that, after Jesus shut him down. But I I bet Peter's like, fine, whatever you say, whatever Jesus and so he goes down the row and like he washes all their feet and then he, he looks at them all and he says, guys, if I'm the teacher and if I'm the Lord, I did this for you. And this is how you should love each other. This is how you should be generous for each other. Th- think about, think about what he's saying. He, he never does stuff just to do stuff. There's a purpose. There's a meaning behind everything that he does. Everything, everything has a purpose and a meaning. If our band could come back up. He says, he says this tonight, he's saying tonight as I exit, uh, I leave for you the example, the way to live in the same way that I just served you. When I'm gone up in heaven, he's saying, this is how I want you to serve others. In other words, the generosity that you received from me, this is what he's telling those followers. He's saying the generosity that you received from me is the standard that I want you to live and I want you to give. The last thing tonight is this, number four, that Jesus sets the standard. He sets the standard in how we should act and how we should live and how we should give and how we should be generous and how... We should forgive others who hurt us. He sets the standard. He, he isn't like, um, hey guys, uh, here's the standard, but I just want you to try your very best. Okay, like, no, God is unapologetic for setting the standard high. He says things like this. He says things like, be holy because I'm holy. If I'm a holy God, I require a holy people. 
Jesus is saying, I'm generous to you. Make sure that you're generous to others. It said in the Bible, it says, freely you have received and freely you should what? Give. If if this is the standard that I'm going to wash some feet, that I'm going to love some people, that I'm going to be a part of the solution, that I'm going to choose extravagance, that I'm going to be generous, that I'm going to be a, gen- a giver, that, I, that I'm going to bless people. See, the tragedy about, about life is that so many people want to just hold on to what they have. I want this new thing and this thing and this thing, and I just want to hold it all here and, and not share it or not give it or not bless anyone else with it. I just want to hold on to what I have. Hold on to what you got. And let me tell you the the reality of the way that God works. Whatever you don't give will be taken away. Give away your love. Give away your energy. Give away your grace. Give away your talent. Give away all you have and use it for God's glory. God's calling every one of us to that standard. He calls every one of us.